Lord, we welcome your presence. And we feel your holiness in this room. And we bow before you. We exalt you. We magnify you. You are perfect in love and mercy and forgiveness. You are holy. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. And we are aware that we're getting ready to step into your holy word. And that every word on every page is holy. And it carries the incense of your presence. Every word, every syllable in this book is you. It is your soul in writing. It is you revealing who you are to us. It is the secret life of God on paper for us to discover. So we come, Holy Spirit, and we say, empower us. For it is written that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and it's not even entered our mind or our heart what God has for those who love him. But the Spirit will reveal it. So, Holy Spirit, reveal to us tonight. And we want to thank you that you're always in our midst and you're always here and you're always loving. There are just some things you just don't have to think about because you just always are. And I know you're even now working in all our hearts. And I want to say thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. When you love someone, you want to know all about them. It's just the way it works. When you love them, you want to know about them. So tonight, the one you love wants to reveal himself to you in a little bit different way. We as a church have a tendency to think that the story begins in the Gospels. And so we spend most of our time looking at the Gospels and Paul's epistles, which is great and wonderful and nothing is wrong with that. But it is like coming into the movie theater when the movie is three-fourths over. And you'll get something out of it and you'll go, well, that's a pretty good movie. But if it was one of those rare movies, the ones who were there for the whole movie are sitting there with tears running down their eyes, and they can quote certain conversations, and they can say, this scene touched me, and this scene touched me. Because when you get the whole story, you're more impacted. The early church was different. We look at the New Testament often. And we say, we want to be like the early church. Let's get back to being the early church. 
But when the early church was there, they didn't have the New Testament. For the early church, they had studied, they had memorized, they knew the Old Testament inside and out. And so for them, they were looking at Christ and making a connection of thousands of years of God's faithfulness. They weren't coming in like we as Westerners, like orphans just getting to know somebody. And so their foundation for the church was different than ours. Not better. And ours isn't better. Just different. And the Lord just kept nudging my heart to take you back to the beginning of the beginning of the beginning in Genesis 1 tonight. And I think you'll see why in a few moments. Genesis 1. You probably can quote the opening verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. When the Most High God wanted to introduce himself to mankind, he introduced himself in the midst of darkness. That's important. If you looked at this in the Hebrew, when it says it's without form and void, it's tohu vabohu. And it's actually used as a slang by some Jewish mothers to describe a teenager's room that's total chaos and disaster. But I want you to listen to Genesis 1 to realize from the very beginning, God was mentoring us. He was identifying with us. And he was making it very clear, our mission. And that sometimes when we say, what is my calling? Where is my position in the body of Christ? Because we're asking less than questions, we're getting less than answers. You'll see that. It isn't what or where, it's who. It's all about who. So from the very beginning, God is saying, here is the darkness. And he gives us the characteristics of darkness, for those with a listening ear, so that we know what darkness looks like, sounds like, feels like. Some of you have heard me tell the story that when I was a little girl, every time I saw my grandfather, he would say, Susan, what is truth? And I'd say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, that's right. Remember, if it doesn't look like Jesus and sound like Jesus, it's not truth. So... He's starting out, tohu vabohu. It means that darkness doesn't have a form to it. It's not predictable. It's confusion. It's chaos. It's a wasteland. It's vanity. It's worthless. 
Those are all the Hebrew meanings for the words that God chose. So if you're feeling like, I'm kind of confused. It feels chaotic inside. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I, I don't see where to go. I, I, it's a wasteland. I, and you, you have that feeling. It's darkness, darling. It's darkness. It's okay. Hold on. We'll get past that in a minute. And he said, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And that's the same Hebrew word or the root for destruction, misery, ignorance, just not knowing, sorrow. It's also the root word for being in an underground prison. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember times when I was in my 20s when I was so locked into perfectionistic mindsets. I was in an underground prison and no one had a clue. They thought I was doing great. But there was this inner stress. Do you know what I'm talking about? So he begins by saying, here am I. I am God. And I am comfortable in the midst of darkness. It doesn't make me want to pull away from you, shy away from you. I am comfortable in darkness. And this is what darkness looks like. Let me describe it to you so that I may mentor you. So when these things rise within you or rise about you, you will see clearly this is darkness. And the next word to me, I think, is simply revelatory. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, over all this darkness. The Spirit of God is hovering. Do you know what that root word means? To be soft and tender. It's to look at something, be affected by it, and it stirs a tenderness inside of you, a love inside of you. It's used... In Deuteronomy 32, 11, when it's talking about the mama eagle who just gathers up her babe, all her little eaglets. Now, what if this was the first thing you ever heard about the gospel? That this is God. He's comfortable with darkness. He's not going to shy away from you. In fact, when he sees darkness... His instinct is he's drawn to you, and he hovers, flutters over you like a mama eagle with softness and tenderness. And God said, light be, and there was light. Now, there were many words he could have chosen for light, but this root word means Brightness, shining, well-being, prosperity, happiness, lightness of life, illumination, revelation. Covered every possible realm of light and life. He was laying the foundation for the blessing, which we'll get to in a moment. And in that moment, when he said, light be, 
this earth was filled with the glory of God. And it still is for those who can see it. You know that he then walks through the days of creation, letting us know, don't be afraid of any darkness. Don't be afraid. I'm going to hover over it with you. And step by step by step, we'll take whatever darkness is in you, against you, around you, and we will transform it and make it a new creation. We will bring out of that darkness something that did not even exist before. That's how powerful his hovering in love and his light is. He can bring forth something for you out of your dark place you can't even imagine because you've never seen it. That's what he longs to do. So he goes through all this beautiful creation, and, and it's happening. And I, I need to make sure you know that night and darkness are not the same thing. That's important, you see, because when he makes night, the root word is pause, rest. But it's the understanding that the light is still there. But he twists the light oh so subtly so you can pause and rest. And as the Jews believe, the day begins at sundown, not sunup. That God invited us to begin the day resting. To be rested, to be filled. Then he comes and he makes man and he makes woman. And he says, in our image, be. Well, what image did he just commission us to be? If this is all we knew of the gospel and of the scripture and of God, what has he just said to us? Be comfortable in the dark places. And when you see darkness in yourself and in others and in the world, be moved to great love as I am. And by the power of that love, be the light. And be moved with tenderness at darkness and be a partner with bringing that darkness step by step into healing and not just restoration, but to creating something new that's never been there before. He said, here, be in my image. Do what I have just told you I did. But do it with softness and tenderness like me. Hover like a mama eagle. It doesn't matter what the darkness is and what that person's doing or what's going on here or here. Be moved. Be moved to hover with love. And know you can say, light be. And then after he makes man and woman, a simple little phrase, God blessed them. Any good Hebrew in the early church knew that this would have been the picture. 
But the word blessed is a process word. If I may, Chad, it means if I want to bless Chad, I come and I kneel before him. To honor him. Do you know that word blessed even means to adore? So when God is blessing man and woman, he's kneeling, saying, I adore you. I adore you. And I'm kneeling at your feet. This is the way God wanted us to see him. Always. Always. It means to salute, to honor. But it also means to break down. So there's a connection. With anyone in this room right now, if I'm just talking like this, there might be a little distance between us. But if I come and I kneel before you, and I touch your feet, and I kiss your feet, some kind of barrier between us has to crumble. Even if you feel awkward about it, there you are. Do you know what I mean? And some of you, I love you, you're darling, but oh my goodness, you should have seen your faces when I say God adores you and salute you. You were like, oh, I don't know if that's true. But it is. <laughs> it is. Because it's not what I said, it's the words he chose. And do you understand? This was the first image of himself he wanted all mankind to see. This is who I am, God said. I'm not afraid of darkness. It moves me to love you. And I want to hover over you. And I want to empower you. Heal your darkness so much that not only are you redeemed and created, but you're in my image and you help others be redeemed into a new creation. And he said, I'm going to bless you to kneel before you. I'm going to empower you. That word blessing literally means I take the depths of me out of me and I put it in you. Because I adore you. I honor you. I adore you. And the best gift you can give anyone is yourself. So God in Genesis 1 is going, do you see how much I honor you? I'm reaching into the depths of me, and I'm giving you me, a part of myself. Do you hear the gospel in all of this? It's powerful, isn't it? You see, this, this is what he chose to put on the first page. And everything from this page to the last page is all about this page. This entire book is about those who believed 
that God would come into their darkness, whatever it looked like, and those that resisted, those that let him come alongside the journey, walk in the darkness, the pain, the sorrow, the sadness, the sin, the craziness, the wickedness, the chaos, the who knows what knows darkness, that he just wanted to walk alongside him. He walked alongside Why is Abraham great? He worshiped idols because he let God come into his darkness. Why does God say, David's a man after my own heart? Because if you get legalistic folks, I'll go, wait a minute, David committed murder and he committed adultery. And God went, nope, he let me in that darkness with him and we healed it. I don't remember that. You see, if you know God as he first introduces himself, it positions you to see scripture differently, doesn't it? Because everything is a fulfillment of this chapter. Everything. Everything. There's not a story in this book that doesn't find explanation, foundation, and formation in what we've just said. There are a couple people here who've said, Susan, do we really need to rediscover the Jewish roots? Does this make sense why it's kind of important? You see what I mean? This is powerful truth. Because they're not just Jewish roots. This is the word of God. And we've, we've got to get the panoramic view because then we see a bigger God. And we see a God who is the same from the beginning to the end. And I love it that it says, let us make man in our image. This is the Holy Spirit talking. I'm going to read it to you. Just listen. It's found in Proverbs 8. And I'll start at verse 22. But if you looked at the Hebrew and the word, this is the spirit of wisdom talking. The spirit that hovered over the waters. The Lord fathered me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he made the earth with its fields, or even the first dust of the earth. Mankind. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle in the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him. Like a master workman, and I was his daily delight. Rejoicing in him always. Rejoicing in his inhabited world. And delighting in the children of man. What if when you met the Holy Spirit, someone would have said, the Holy Spirit's been delighting over you before you were in your mother's womb? He's not just about gifts and tongues. He's been loving and adoring and delighting over mankind since Genesis 1. He is eager 
to move in, to reveal the Father and the Son to you, to be the power in you, to mold you into the image. Wow. In our image be John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, Jesus, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, the world that was made through him, but the world didn't know him. He came to his own, but his own didn't know him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Jesus comes to say, you have a right to be in the image. Picking back up on Genesis 1 going, you've lost. This was the Father's heart. It's a gift. Here, you have a right to be the children. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God to us. In the face of Jesus Christ. Sideline for a moment. God was letting us know in Genesis 1 there's darkness in the world. Always has been, always will be. The invitation is to be his partner and transforming it into new and glorious creations. Just as the enemy came to Adam and Eve to shoot a thought in their mind and they got confused and they gave in, it's the same thing that the enemy does to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, you will read this verse. And it's another one of those verses that's just jam-packed. Verse 11, for we are not ignorant of the wiles of Satan. And some of you know this verse. It is this. I am not ignorant of the wiles. The Greek is noemata. That means my mind and something coming against my mind. I am not ignorant that the way Satan tries to bring darkness against me is in my thought life. And of all the words that could have been chosen for Satan, it's diabolos, dia, which means it's the root word for diameter. It's like the picture of an arrow that goes through the target, and it's on both sides of the target. Bolos means to hit again and again and again. Paul goes, we're not ignorant. That the same thing Satan did to try to pull Adam and Eve into darkness is the same way he pulls us. He comes at our mind again and again and again and again to try to get us to believe something and then he keeps coming until eventually his thoughts get in our head and we believe the dark thoughts are true. Whether it's against ourselves or against somebody else or who knows what.
but we are not ignorant of these things. Now, one of the most frequent things you have to know is this. We could talk about this all night, but I promise I won't. So I'm trying to skinny up and talking to the Holy Spirit in my heart. One of the things that the enemy tries to do, like he did Adam and Eve, is to get us to doubt that God is love and to make us think he creates darkness, he brings darkness. That's around now, and it was around back then. That's why in the first chapter of 1 John, John goes, God is light, there's no darkness in him. James is more blunt in chapter 1, verse 13. He says, let no one say God is testing me or tempting me. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts nobody. So sometimes we'll say, well, God's letting this sickness stay to teach me something. Lie from the pit of hell. This is coming so that God can teach me something. Lie from the pit of hell. Pull the arrow out of your head. God is not schizophrenic, and he doesn't need counseling. He does not bring you something just so you can need him. He's not that codependent. He's not unhealthy. He is good. He is God. He is the father of all gifts. Every gift that is good and perfect comes from him. If it's dark and shadowy, it's not him, but he doesn't run. When it comes, he stands in that darkness with you, and he says, I'm going to hold you, and we're going to do this together. I did not test you. That's, that's just ugliness. I'm from down south, and ugly doesn't mean I forgot to put on my makeup. Ugly means the heart. If you're ugly, you know, when you're growing up as a kid down south, if you hear a mom or daddy go, don't you be ugly. They're not talking about physical appearance. They're talking about your heart. God's not ugly. He's good. And that's why at the very beginning he says, do you see me? Do you see me? I'm not afraid of your darkness. I'm coming, and when I see the dark places and the shadow places in you, I am still with tenderness and I just want to hover over you and at whatever pace you can take it I just want to recreate and make it new because I love you I just love you I just love you and Isaiah 53 Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all say basically the same thing in five different ways. That when Jesus was on the cross, he absorbed all the darkness of this world into himself. Our sorrows, our heartaches, sicknesses, diseases, fears, insecurities, whatever. He absorbed it into himself as the light of the world. And when we walk with him, that light it's the darkness out of us. Darkness has many faces. Yes, it can be dark, like intentional sin. But there's this whole continuum, even shadowy places, you know, like where fears are and confusion and insecurities. That's not like deep darkness, but it is shadow land. It's shadows. You see what I mean? 
It's not for the light. But that's okay if you just don't stay there. Because we're going to be coming out of shadow places until we see him face to face. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory, the glory he was wanting to impart in Genesis 1 of light be. And when he told Adam and Eve, take dominion, it wasn't at all like we think. He just said, be in my image and his dominion was to be so moved with softness and tenderness and love that he just hovered. And in the hovering and the spreading wings of his love, darkness moved away and life came. And so the very first page, if you will, he gets on his knees in front of us says, I adore you. I adore you. Be in my image. I'm going to reach in and give it to you. And every man, woman, and child on this planet has God DNA in them. A divine spark of God just waiting to be awakened. And it's like if you give everyone in the world a cell phone, 48% of the population don't have Wi-Fi. It won't do anything. But if you give them a cord and you give them a power source so they're connected, that cell phone comes alive. It's a poor analogy, but Jesus and the Holy Spirit are our cord and our power source. Everyone has that divine spark in them. Doesn't matter what their religion, where they are, everyone has that in my image be, and it's lying there, waiting to be awakened by the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And dear ones, you have this amazing honor to be light like this. This is light. But you want to know something? You only get one chance. We have this life and that's it. Your light's not needed in heaven because Revelation says, The lamp is the lamb of God there. Your light's not needed in heaven. This is the only chance you got to accept that the Most High God is kneeling in front of you, saying, can I bless you to be in my image? And when he blessed Adam and Eve, it was the same release as when Jesus says, You'll do greater works than what I've done. Same love and same power. He loves you. He adores you. And yes, there is darkness all around. And we have a choice. 
We can get afraid of it, mad at it, talk about it, make theories and philosophies about it, or we can be made in his image. And when I see darkness in me and you and the world, I can be moved to soft, tender love. I just love it. And love it out of one another. Every one of us in this room, you're here because you're just hungry for the word. You're hungry for Jesus' presence. You're hungry to live in a greater oneness with him. And I believe Jesus is here tonight to just absorb some of your shadows. That wherever you may have fear, insecurity, wounding, whatever, 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 different for everyone, you see. I believe he wants to hover over you and just lift it out and recreate something new in that place. When Jesus walked up, the demons came running to him going, Son of David, Son of David, we're afraid of you. Have you come here to cast us out? Are you here to torment us? Because you see, when the presence of Jesus and the name of Jesus comes, it doesn't matter if it's darkness like demons, darkness like sin, darkness like anxieties and insecurities and fears and pride. It doesn't matter where it is on that whole continuum of dark and shadows. Jesus is still the light that overcomes it. And he would love to hover over you tonight. Because like his father, he kneels before you. For Jesus said, as the Father is, so am I. Jesus kneels before you and says, may I empower you. I adore you. May I light be you. Pretty please. In the shadowy place, the wounded place, the darkness place trembles a little. And sometimes it falls off immediately, and sometimes the roots are shaken and step by step, the recreation but nonetheless you rise in a holy way more confident than you've ever been because you realize it doesn't have anything to do with you and me it's the grace of God he's chosen us to be in his image and he will give us the power to walk in it with tender love Father we love you and you love your children. You have hovered over them. They have been in your hearts from the beginning of time. And Jesus, you are the word that is spoken, that is released. You are the connector to the heart of the Father. You are the one who is the light of the world. And you hover and you absorb our shadowy places into yourself. And Holy Spirit, you said you've been delighting in us since the beginning. And you delight in manifesting the light so our darkness goes. So we just say, Holy Spirit, give us the power to receive that blessing. 
to live in your image. Give us the power to loose the shadowy places. Give us the power to see the magnificence of his heart and the magnificence of who he calls us and deems us to be. So in the name of Jesus, darkness and shadows be gone. We don't need to know your name or what you're up to. Jesus is more than enough. Surround us with your peace and your faith. And even as we worship you, let this work of your heart be done in us. In your name, amen.